This is the Adams Road program. Adams Road is a Christian music ministry dedicated to sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Today's program features Adams Road songs, Adams Road piano instrumental music, as well as music in the spoken word, offered to God as an aroma of Christ to help spread the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 4.13, Devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. Today's reading comes from the book of Romans, chapter 7. Or don't you know, brothers, for I speak to men who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man for as long as he lives. For the woman that has a husband is bound by the law to the husband while he lives. But if the husband dies, she is discharged from the law of the husband. So then, if while the husband lives, she is joined to another man, she would be called an adulteress. But if the husband dies, she is freed from the law, so that she is no adulteress, though she is joined to another man. Therefore, my brothers, you also were made dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you would be joined to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we might produce fruit to God. For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were through the law worked in our members to bring out fruit to death. But now we have been discharged from the law, having died to that which we were held, so that we serve in newness of the Spirit, not in the oldness of the letter. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? May it never be. However, I wouldn't have known sin except through the law, for I wouldn't have known coveting unless the law had said, You shall not covet. But sin, finding occasion through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of coveting. For apart from the law, sin is dead. I was alive apart from the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. The commandment, which was for life, this I found to be for death. For sin, finding occasion through the commandment, deceived me, and through it killed me. Therefore the law indeed is holy, and the commandment holy, and righteous and good. Did then that which is good become death to me? May it never be! But sin, that it might be shown to be sin, was producing death in me through that which is good, that through the commandment sin might become exceedingly sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am fleshly, sold under sin. For I don't know what I am doing, for I don't practice what I desire to do, but what I hate, that I do. But if what I don't desire, that I do, I consent to the law that it is good. So now it is no more I that do it, but sin which dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing, for desire is present with me. But I don't find it doing that which is good. For the good which I desire, I don't do. But the evil which I don't desire, that I practice. But if what I don't desire, that I do. It is no more I that do it, but sin which dwells in me. I find then the law that, to me, while I desire to do good, evil is present. For I delight in God's law after the inward person, but I see a different law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity under the law of sin which is in my members. What a wretched man that I am! Who will deliver me out of the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
So then, with the mind, I myself serve God's law, but with the flesh, sin's law. That was The Wages of Sin from the Adams Road instrumental album, Romans Road. Last episode, we talked in Romans chapter 6 a bit about our relationship as believers to sin, how we've been set free from sin. And here in Romans 7, Paul's going to introduce the idea that we as believers have been released from the old law. He gives an example of how in marriage you're bound to your spouse until you or your spouse dies, and then you're released from that contract. Paul said, Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. He says in verse 6, We are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit, and not in the old way of the written code. So this is an interesting picture Paul is painting, and one may ask, Well, Paul, are you saying that the law is bad then? He says, no, the law is not sin. 
But if it wasn't for the law, I wouldn't have known sin or sin wouldn't have been exposed in my life. The law is like a magnifying glass that exposes our sin. One time I was staying the night in this old hotel and I had to use the restroom in the middle of the night and I turned on the light and there were these nasty cockroaches. So the law is like the light that exposes our sin. And so the law itself is good. The law promised life actually, but the problem was none of us are capable of fulfilling the law so that we could have life. Just as Paul will say later in Romans 10 that Moses writes about the righteousness based on the law, that the person who does the commandment shall live by them. So Paul says here in verse 12 of Romans 7, so the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. But then Paul's gonna make it clear that it wasn't the law itself that brought death, but it was sin in us that brought death through the law. Another point Paul makes about the law is the law is actually not of the flesh, the law is spiritual. So I think coveting is a great example Paul uses here. Coveting is not an external thing, it's more of an internal thing, it's a matter of the heart. It's something that you can do internally without anyone else knowing. So during Jesus' earthly ministry, he gave the Sermon on the Mount, and no doubt there were Pharisees there listening, and the Pharisees thought that they were righteous because of the external things that they were doing. They didn't really understand the spiritual nature of the law, and so Jesus is going to lay it out for them. No, they're actually not upholding the law. Jesus said, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment, and whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, You fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. Or Jesus also said, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Paul says in Romans 7, 9, I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin came alive and I died. I think that maybe what Paul's saying here is before the law, he was sinning in ignorance or before his knowledge of the law, and then when he was confronted with the reality of his sin because of the law exposing it, then he died, so to speak. He realized he was under the condemnation of the law. The same thing that promised him life brought him death. Romans 5.20 says the law came in to increase the trespass. You tell a kid to not touch a stove, what's the first thing the kid wants to do is touch the stove. You see a sign that says wet paint, what's the first thing you want to do? You're curious, well, is it dry yet? or you're driving and you're not even thinking, you're not even aware of your speed. You're on some country road in the middle of nowhere and all of a sudden you see this sign and it flashes and it says you're going 20 miles over the speed limit and you look down at your speedometer, your heart jumps because you think, oh no, is there a cop around? I'm speeding, I've broken the law, I could get a ticket. If it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin, but the knowledge of sin comes through the law. Paul says in Galatians that the law is our guardian to bring us to Christ. The law serves a purpose, and that's to expose our sin so that we can realize the need that we have for a Savior. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not good news unless we're actually aware of the bad news. So Paul says in verse 19, For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. I think we can all relate to that. When we're in Christ, 
we still fall short of God's glory, but there's there's this struggle, there's this spiritual warfare that's taking place. There's this almost like this Jekyll and Hyde. There's two natures that we're fighting or struggling with. We have the sin nature that's still in us because we're in these bodies of death, but now we have this new nature in us and that's Christ in us. We have the Holy Spirit in us and he convicts us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And so before when we could just walk in the passions of our flesh and do all these things, they didn't necessarily bother us that much. But now that we're in Christ, we walk in that filth, it just doesn't sit right with us because if we're truly God's children, he's gonna discipline us as his sons and daughters. We should understand that even though, as he talked about in Romans 6, we've been set free from sin, there's still gonna be this struggle. But what's the attitude of Paul? He delights in the law of God, he says in verse 22, in his inner being, but he sees in his members another law waging war against the law of his mind and making him captive to the law of sin that dwells in his members. So what's Paul's conclusion? Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? His conclusion is he can't do it himself. So this word Paul uses for wretched actually means exhausted from battle or conflict. He is incapable of following the law, which is spiritual. And even as a Christian, he struggles. Okay, so Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When Jesus uses the word poor for poor in spirit here, he's talking about being completely destitute. It's not a type of poor that means you have a little bit. This poor means you have absolutely nothing. This is the type of attitude Paul had about himself, about his own flesh, that there was absolutely nothing good about his flesh. Paul said, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The power is in Jesus to save us from the power of sin. The apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, seven through nine, so to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. In our weakness, let's turn to the strength of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because His grace is sufficient for all of us, and His power is made perfect in our weakness. In the next episode, which deals with Romans 8, we're going to talk about living in the power of the Holy Spirit. Look, we've been given a down payment, who is the Holy Spirit, for our inheritance, our heavenly eternal inheritance. This helps us get through this life and this body of death because there is going to be a day of redemption, a literal day in which we'll be delivered from the presence of sin. There can be so many things that we struggle with. At the end of the day, we know that he who has began a good work in us will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord, please speak to me. Help my eyes to see what you want to do with me oh lord please speak to me
I took the blame Was put to shame But I never knew The pain that you have felt for me You saved before My strength was poor When my enemies made light of me You blessed me Speak to me from the Adams Road album, Adams Road. If you're listening to this content today through the radio broadcast, we just want to let you know that this content is also released as a podcast on a weekly basis. You can find it by searching Adams Road Podcast. Micah Wilder, a member of our ministry, recently wrote a book called Passport to Heaven. When Mormon missionary Micah Wilder set his sights on bringing a Baptist pastor and his congregation into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, he couldn't have imagined that the entire trajectory of his life was about to be changed forever. Micah's passionate effort to convert these Christians was met by a surprising challenge, to read the Bible through the eyes of a child, letting the Word speak for itself. He learned of a God whose love did not have to be earned, and he wrestled with the radical idea of God's mercy. 
for the remaining 18 months of his mission. As he struggled to reconcile the teachings of his church with the truths revealed in the Bible, he encountered the true character of Jesus for the first time and awakened to his need for his grace. Passport to Heaven is a gripping account of Micah's journey from living as a devoted member of a religion based on human works to embracing the divine mercy and freedom that can only be found in Jesus Christ. As I lay there contemplating the vastness of the love that had been so extraordinarily conveyed to me, the magnitude of Christ's atonement exploded in my heart like a supernova, radiating far beyond my mortal vessel and bringing with it the desire to fall to my knees. The Holy Spirit then began painting a picture of perfect love before me in mere seconds that I had waited a lifetime to understand. Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, after having been betrayed and falsely condemned, was dragged into the streets of Jerusalem, where he was brutally beaten, fiercely scourged, spat upon, and publicly scorned. The blameless and spotless Lamb of God cried in agony as a vicious crown of thorns was thrust onto his head and the Roman soldiers mocked him, saying, Behold, the King of the Jews. And yet Jesus was the King of all kings and now sits triumphantly at the right hand of God. Through him, the vast universe and all its glory was created, and yet he was led to Calvary where he was crucified on a tree formed by his own hands, nailed to it by the very people he came to redeem. And there, on Golgotha's rocky hill, the very Word of God made flesh, endured with incomparable humility the most excruciating and harrowing death the world has ever seen. God's immeasurable love for all mankind was on full, heartbreaking display as Jesus bore in his stricken body the sins, iniquities, and infirmities of the world. Bleeding the precious blood of eternal atonement on the cross, the Messiah paid, in full measure, the debt that we owed God because of our transgressions. But this priceless offering wasn't just a collective sacrifice, it was personal, it was intimate, it was for me. The Savior of the world drank the cup of wrath that I deserved and freely poured out his soul to death for me. As my kingly substitute, he willingly took my place on the cross of Calvary and died on my behalf, a guilty sinner, all the while looking into my eyes and proclaiming his ineffable love for me. Jesus endured a transcendent passion that was driven by an infinite and intimate love that surpasses all knowledge and understanding. He suffered and died because he loved, and for the joy that was set before him, Christ endured the cross. My salvation was that joy. How could anyone love me so much? It was only in this metamorphic flash of grace that it was impressed on me with such an unparalleled intensity just how deep and wide and magnificent that love really was. A love that drove Christ to endure the unthinkable and while suffering unspeakable pain, see my very face. This was a profound love that encompassed the very essence and nature of God himself. This was the sacrificial agape love I had long been waiting for, the only love that could eternally satisfy, truly 
There is no greater expression of love. Passport to Heaven can be found wherever books are sold. This is the Adams Road program. Adams Road is a Christian music ministry dedicated to sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Today's program features Adams Road songs, Adams Road piano instrumental music, as well as music in the spoken word, offered to God as an aroma of Christ to help spread the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. Check out the Adams Road website at adamsroadministry.com. There you can download our songs for free, as well as our spoken word and instrumental music content. In addition, we share testimonies about the love of Jesus Christ and how He's transformed our lives. Please contact us through our website if you're interested in scheduling our Adams Road team for a time of song and testimony, or if you're interested in scheduling our pianist for a time of spoken word, piano music, and testimony. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you all.